Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever um, gotten the chance to, but this season we're celebrating Advent as a church. And I know growing up, I would never, I went to a school where Advent was important, but I thought it never applied to me. And Advent is not a religious thing. All Advent is, it's a practice to remember why we celebrate Christmas. It's just a practice. It's just a great reminder of all that God is doing. Thanks, Matt. Of all that God is doing in this season. And it forces us to slow down, right? Because how many of us know the moment Thanksgiving is over, we are bombarded by Black Friday and Cyber Monday and purchases and this and that. And Advent just says, like, hey, just slow down and remind ourselves why we celebrate this season. And so uh, we've been celebrating Advent. Um, this is the third week of Advent. And so um, the first two weeks we celebrate, you focus on hope and you focus, we focus on peace last week. And this week we want to focus on joy. We want to focus on joy. So if you guys don't mind standing with me and praying, Father, we thank you for the joy that is Christ Jesus. We thank you for sending your son, our redeemer, our savior, the hope of the world, that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We make this prayer in Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen, amen. Um, the... I want to, I had, I got to experience some joy this weekend with our leadership team. We went on our staff advance and um, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. We had, there was a lot of joy there. Um, a part of that joy was being able to call the, um, our partners in whom we support and let them know that we're giving away $15,000 and that they were a recipient of $2,500 of that. And so we got to call missionaries and we got to call ministries and let them know that we're sending them a check um, uh, to support their ministry and to support their endeavors. And so there's a joy in giving. There's a joy in giving in the holiday season. Uh, that's why when you give, you're giving tithe, first of all, to be obedient. But second of all, I want you guys to understand that we did all the hard work to find all the charities that you can trust. You don't have to be like, oh, I wonder. Like, we did all that. We prayed all of it. We know the people that we're giving to personally, and we have those relationships. And so um, when you give to Pioneer, you are not giving to Pastor Jeremy. You are not giving to a building. You are not giving to a church. You are giving to the kingdom. You have to understand that you are giving to the kingdom. And the kingdom is so much bigger than a, sing a singular church. It goes on and on and on, and it has no end. And where you will give $1 faithfully, God sees your faithful $1. And somehow, by his strange heavenly math, he can turn it into $100, and it blesses more people than what you could do by yourself. That's the beauty of giving God your generosity and giving him your finances, is that he puts it in places you thought it would never reach. So... That's a joy. That is a joy. Um, now we're going to get in. If you, this is your first time here, we're so glad that you're here. You look great. We're glad that you're here. 
I want you to know a couple things before I get started. One, we preach Holy Spirit in this church. We are all about the Holy Spirit. And if you're like, well, that sounds kind of hokey and weird, it's not. Just listen. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's the best thing that's ever happened to mankind. Number two, I, am, I get really sweaty. Number three, I drank three shots of espresso, and I'm leveling out right now. So bear with me. Um, there are a couple of confusing Christmas songs that have been made. And they're confusing and a little weird. And so I find that some of the most confusing Christmas songs are like, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. It was strange when I first listened to it. I was like, why? Ew. Uh-uh, no, no. You know? And then another confusing and strange song is like, grandma got run over by a reindeer. Like, who sat there and hated their grandmother so much was like, yeah, I wish you got hit by a reindeer. That's just a sad thing. It's weird. And no, it wasn't like, all I want for Christmas is you. Like, and, and anyone else tired of hearing that song every single Christmas? It's like you sneeze and the song starts. You get a cup of coffee from Starbucks and that's all they're playing. You turn on the radio and that's what's on and you're just like, I'm going to go insane. But one of the most confusing songs that I've listened to recently, and here I'll read the lyrics. A lot of us know this song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Confusing. Let earth receive her king. It's a confusing song because it says joy to the world, but yet every holiday season it seems that joy doesn't come to the world, that it only comes in an Amazon box. It says, let earth receive her king. And, and honestly, when we sing this song, no one wants to say, let earth receive her king. Because, oh, man, you know, he's a gender, he's a king. Or, you know what, it should be let the universe receive something. But we want to take the king out of it. So the song becomes more and more confusing the more the world tries to push Christ out of it. Let every heart prepare him room. But I find during Christmas that there is no room in our heart prepared for him. Let heaven and nature sing. And when we look around and we look at the world we live in, we just see heaven and nature groaning. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. But sometimes it doesn't feel like he's reigning. Let all their songs employ. Repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace, and yet we subscribe every week, every day to lies and garbage. Because the truth and grace of God is not enough anymore. So we've shifted our attention and our hope and our joy that if this political figure can just get in office, he, the world will have joy again. But yet in all the years that any political person that we've had in office, joy has not come out of it. And makes the nation prove the glory of his righteousness. Oh, the wonders of his love. 
I believe that a lot of us do not experience true joy during the holiday season because we have been conditioned to believe that joy is a feeling that occurs when we can track a package on its way to our house. Right? Who here has an endorphin release when you order something and the moment it says it's on its way, you're like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. We're triggered by these companies. That's why they let you know what's, what's going on when your package leaves. They want you to, they, it's, it's a little endorphin release. It's, it's a little, uh, you get a little bit of serotonin in that because you can say, yes, all right, something is on its way. But the problem that happens and the reason why what we order never fulfills is because we hit the button again and again and again in the belief that this small dose of happiness will last us throughout the Christmas season. And after it's all done, we find ourselves hitting the order now button. That's why you can skip the cart now on Amazon because like, just hit order now because we want that happiness over and over again and it never lands where it's supposed to land and we run out you know happy hour no longer has to do with just alcohol it could just be on what we order online we get that endorphin high and then it goes away I want to let you know let you guys know today that joy is not wrapped in a box. It has a name, and it came in the form of man. And his name is Jesus. That's the joy of the world. That's the joy for this holiday. This is why we light the candle, because whenever we have joy, we are the light to the world that Jesus is coming. You know, one thing I've learned a lot is that when, it's, when people say, oh, if you hit a shot like, like, from half court, it's luck. But if you do it again, it's a skill. And I realized that when Jesus came, he, don't, he didn't only come once, and it wasn't a thing of luck. He came once, and the beautiful thing about it is like he's coming again. He's like, not only did I come once in the form of man, I'm coming again to take over. I'm not only going to do it once, I'm going to do it again. And the next time, I'm coming to get all my family. The first time I came, I just wanted to let you know I care and I love and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The second time I'm coming, I'm bringing you all home with me. And that's the joy of the world is that it's, this world is not going to stay as it is. That the joy of our salvation will take this darkness and make it full light again. Joy to the world. Joy to I want to read Isaiah 35. Are you guys with me this morning? Yeah. Amen. Oh, right. Amen. Amen. Hey, this side of the room, you are anointed. This side. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sort of. Um, you guys get a second chance. Be prepared. Um, I want to read Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35. Here we are. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord 
the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like the deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. If this doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground a bubbling spring. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. That means that there will be gardens in graveyards. Amen? Hallelujah. And the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness and it will be for those who walk on that way the unclean will not journey on it the the wicked fools will not go about it no lion will be there nor ravenous beast they will not be found there but only the redeemed will walk there and those the lord has rescued will return they will enter zion with singing everlasting joy will be a crown on their heads gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. I want to let you guys know that this was written 700 years before the arrival of Christ. It is that whole chapter is pointing to Jesus. It's saying he is going to come and fix everything that is broken. And all the darkness will light and every sorrow will go away. When he arrives, there will be joy again. And not a manufactured joy. It will be true joy from the depths of our spirit will joy bubble over. He was going to change everything. He's going to change everything. Where there's barrenness, there will be joy. Where there's emptiness, where there is sorrow, there will be life. Where there are graves, there will be gardens. He will wipe away every tear. He'll redeem every tear that fell from your eye. What do you mean he's going to redeem the tears? Every tear that you've cried in sorrow and in pain, they are counted by the Father in heaven. And he goes, I'm going to turn each and every tear that you cried in your life into joy. I promise you. Just know that every tear that falls from your eye in pain and in sorrow, God is in heaven counting them. He goes, oh, I'm going to turn this around. And I think some of us think that he's going to turn it around when we get to heaven. No, he's turning it around right now. Every tear has a purpose. Every tear, life will come out of it. There will be a garden out of your tears. Sorrow lasts for a night, but I promise you, joy has been scheduled and designed to come in the morning. It will come in the morning. Seven hundred years before the arrival of Christ, the glory of our Savior was foretold. Let's jump over to Luke 126. Are you guys with me? Yeah. This side? I'm proud of you. All right, I'm proud of you. You guys, you guys had a team huddle and they were like, we got to do better. Luke 126. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. There are, look at the grammar. There's an exclamation point there for a reason. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
indulge me in this. Everyone close your eyes. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm standing on a stage. Everyone close your eyes. Think about this for a second. God is sitting on his throne in heaven. If you can try to imagine what that looks like, good luck. It's difficult. God is sitting on his throne. And he goes, Gabriel. And Gabriel comes into his court. He goes, yes, Lord, you summoned me. And he looks at Gabriel and he goes, it's time. And Gabriel's like, for what? It's time for my son to go into the world. But, but God, you haven't spoken to mankind in 400 years. In 400 years, you haven't said a word. What's the message that you want me to tell them? I want you to speak to this young lady. Her name is Mary. And tell her that redemption is coming through her. And his name is Jesus. Open your eyes. Imagine how fast Gabriel shot out of heaven to deliver that message. Joy is coming. Redemption to mankind is coming. Imagine the speed Gabriel went at to deliver that mankind will no longer have to put up sacrifices, that there is a baby, there's a man who's coming. He will be 100% man and 100% God, and he will redeem all of mankind. I believe that when Gabriel shot out of heaven, all the angels in heaven were in an uproar, and he's saying, hallelujah, there's a plan for man. I think that's why when Gabriel greeted Mary, he was just like, greetings, hey. And she was like, that's enough. <laughs> greetings, you are highly favored. This joy was not only for Mary. There were angels in heaven saying, finally, it's time. When you go from Malachi in the Old Testament to Matthew in the New Testament, that's 400 years of silence. And in 400 years, how does God break his silence? He's like, I'm coming into the world. In 400 years, the decision he makes, he says, I'm coming into this world. And here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it that's beautiful. It's so much so that when God entered time, time had to change. It couldn't stay the same. When God, who exists outside of time, saying, I'm sending my son who's going to be 100% me and 100% man, time had to be like, oh, we got to do something different. This was B.C. This is A.D. now. And guess what? We're still in the year of our Lord. That's what A.D. stands for. We're still in the years of our Lord. Why do you think he's coming back again? Because we're still in his time. We're still in the year of the Lord. There is no one who was ever born outside of Christ that time changed for. That's power. Yeah. That's power. That they clock the history and the days of this earth by when our Savior was born. So he says, greetings, Mary, you are highly favored. I bring you great news. And it says, verse 29, says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary was from Brooklyn, New York. She's like, why are you too excited? <laughs> Calm down. That's too much energy right now. He says, the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. See, I want you to understand 
And you could write this down. Joy comes from God and can only come from God alone. Joy comes from God and it could only come from God alone. Happiness is fleeting. And I'm not saying it's bad to be happy, but Jesus never promised us in this life that God has called us to happiness. He literally said, in this life, you will struggle. All right, that's in the Bible. Go look it up. In this life, you will struggle, but he didn't stop there and just say, you're going to struggle, figure it out. He says, you will struggle, but take hope, take joy. I have overcome your struggle. In this life, you will struggle. Joy can only come from God and God alone because joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit's activity in your life. It's a byproduct. When you walk with the Spirit, you can't help but have joy. He doesn't see. Some of you guys are listening to this story and you're like, man, I wish God would send me an angel to tell me that I have favor and I have joy. He doesn't need an angel. He left you his holy word. He said, I'm going to speak to you directly. Here's a word. Here's a Bible. If you don't know this, from the first page of the Bible to the last page of the Bible, the entire story is about mankind messing up and God sending a redeemer to work it out in our favor, to get the Holy Spirit back into man so that we may live like heaven on earth. Some of us are like, I want God to send me an angel. I want a neon sign. He's saying, why do I need to do that? I've spoken to you through a word already. Matter of fact, I made it easy. I sent my son to die on a cross so that you can speak in my presence. That's joy. That's joy that we don't have to slay an animal. That's joy that I can go before God and say, God, I am messy. And he goes, I know I'm making you into a message I'm making you into a message. Do you know what's detrimental to the world? Miserable Christians. Christians with no joy. It is the most miserable thing to be around. You ever around that person who's just miserable? Their coffee's miserable. Their car is miserable. Their job is miserable. They just breathe miserably. It's always like, (laughs) it's like, that doesn't help anybody. Miserable Christians are so draining. Nothing in their life is good. I don't know how, can you, how you can love Jesus and walk with the Holy Spirit and live in misery. The Holy Spirit is a giver of joy. You have found great favor on you have joy within you. It is a gift of God. There's too many Christians who walk around. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. The light snuffs out darkness. I've said this time and time again. I'm not worried about the world taking Christ out of Christmas. I'm worried about Christians not having Christ in them. Do we have Christ in us? He says, don't be afraid. I'm going to continue. He says, do not be afraid for you found favor with God. Do not be afraid. 
The second thing is, and write this down, joy must be strong and it's difficult to maintain. Joy must be strong and it is difficult to maintain. She was troubled by what she heard. She was scared. The angel tells her, do not be afraid. Do you know the term do not be afraid shows up in the Bible 366 times? 365, 366 times. It's like God knew that every day we need to wake up and not be afraid. He's like, you're going to need this for today. You're going to need this for today. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. Because he understood that, hey, the enemy is trying to steal your joy. I know sorrow's coming for tonight. I know pain is coming for tonight. But, hey, when you wake up, when you open your eyes, there is joy in the morning. I am delivering joy. At 12 o'clock a.m., joy is being delivered to you. If you are aware of it, joy comes in the morning. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. We have to guard our joy. It says, do not be afraid and fear not appears in the Bible 365 times. Of course she was scared. God didn't talk to any. There were no prophets. There were no judges. There was no one for 400 years to talk to the people of Israel. But then the moment God says, I have something to say, he sends an angel to Mary. And he says, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. And then she tells him, and then he goes, in you, God has chosen you to carry the savior of the world in your womb. And I know the world can argue, that sounds kind of ridiculous, right? Like who can really believe that? Who can really believe that the Holy Spirit's gonna overshadow her and give her a child? Well, I wanna let you know that in this room and in this church, there are people who have died and come back to life. Did you know that? Do you also know that there are people in this room who have been delivered from addictions yeah. when everyone gave up on them? Yeah. That's a miracle. Yeah. Do you know, do you remember the time when you, when, when you went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, that thing that we diagnosed you with is no longer there? Yeah. I can't find it. We have history of you struggling with it, but it's not there. Do you remember when he delivered you? from the relationship that you were in, and now you're in a God-fearing relationship? Isn't that a miracle? It's a miracle when the doctors told us that our daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy and that when we took off the medication, she never had an episode ever again. So why is it hard to believe that God can put life into someone without the use of man? Because he puts life into us every single day without the use of man. If you stop believing in miracles today, I feel sorry for you. Because just know that when you need a miracle, my God is faithful to show up and he does it with joy. Listen, we have some doctors who come to our church. I think it's a beautiful thing when you go to the doctor and they're like, we don't know what happened. You could just walk out the office and be like, I know, I know what happened. <laughs> I know what happened. 
I know what I, you, <laughs> I could try and explain it to you, but it's not going to make sense to you. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are, there are places all around the world where they pray and limbs are growing back. Things that were, if Jesus can take the hand of a crippled man and make it straight, surely he can put life into someone without the use of man. He says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Because now Mary would have to tell her husband, hey, Joseph, I'm carrying a bundle of joy for the world. Imagine what she had to go through. All the other women in her village, in her community, would call her a whore. She would be ostracized. There would be whispers and gossip about her. The temptation of abortion would be eminent in that moment. God, I can't go through this. I'm being exiled. I'm being whatever. But through it all, she maintains her joy. Because she's like, what God told me is greater than what people say about me. I don't care what people say about me, what God put in me, this will come to fruition. And even though they're scorning me, and even though they're hating me, and even though they've outcasted me, that's okay. And my husband, God's going to work on him right now, but God told me by his angel that I'm going to carry this child, and his name will be Jesus. I want to let you know, I don't care what procedures you had or what people want to call you, what God put on your life, what he called you to do, it will come to pass. He never, God never looks at your past and decides your future. He said, your future's already written by me. I just want you to walk in it. Joy is difficult to maintain. It's difficult to maintain. The enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. For some of us Christians, he has stolen our joy. He's trying to kill our joy. He's trying to destroy our joy. But I pray that the Holy Spirit livens up in you today and that your joy overflows and that it's unspeakable to everyone around you. Some of you guys need to tell all of hell, you cannot have my joy. It is not yours. It didn't come from you, so you can't take it. Some of us willingly give our joy away. There are times, listen, there are times where I have to walk around with all the calamities and stresses of life of being a parent and being a provider and being a husband and being a pastor, and I get overwhelmed, and I have to say, it is well. It is well. Joy is well in my soul. You cannot have my joy. Some of y'all need to look at your bosses and your coworkers and your peers and just look them straight in the eye and be like, I love you, baby. You cannot have my joy. You need to take it back. You need to take it back. It is not theirs. It belongs to God. It's hard to maintain, though. It's very, it's hard to maintain. But take heart. The Holy Spirit will maintain it with you. You can't let people rob what's not theirs. You can't let them take it. That joy is yours. It is a gift from God. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. 
Mary would have to maintain the joy. Write this down, and I think they're going to put it on the screen. Joy endures hardships and trials. It's selfless and eternal, and it is not bound by circumstance. It's not bound by a circumstance. Joy is not bound by a situation. It's not contingent upon what you're going through or what's in your bank account or what's not in your bank account or who you're um, in relationship with and who you're not in relationship with and how many subfixes after your name you have. Joy is not contingent upon any earthly thing. It is a gift from God placed in the whole, through the Holy Spirit in you. There are times where we as believers, no matter the diagnosis, no matter the environment, we have to say, I choose joy today. Yeah. I choose joy. Anxiety, I won't let you rob me of my joy today. I choose joy this morning. Depression, you cannot have my joy. It does not belong to you. This is my joy. It's a gift from my Father. I choose joy today. Bank account, you are low. But I choose joy over you today. Some of us need to check our bank account with joy. We're like, man, this is the best $10 I've ever had in my life. I wish I had two of them. Some of us need to talk to our kids. I know you're losing your mind, but I choose joy today. Go ahead and have a meltdown. I have joy. Some of us who are retired, I'm not going to let this loneliness capture me. I choose joy today. Some of us seasoned saints, you know what? I'm not going to let this purposelessness keep me. I choose joy today. I'm going to go serve my church. I choose joy. I think some of us think like at a certain age when we retire, we've retired from serving. No. My retirement plan is heaven. That's my retirement plan, okay? That's where all my investments are. I don't need no 401k. I don't need no one to manage my accounts. There's a king who does it all. I ain't stressed out. What if you have to work the rest of your life? I was going to be working anyways. I got three girls. I'm going to be working. I'm going to be working. Write this down. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Happiness is fleeting, and, it's, and it really, is, really hangs upon or precedes what is going on in our life that will bring us, make us happy. Now, I'm not saying God wants us to walk this life angry and sad. There are moments of happiness that God allows in our life. The problem is, is that we like to put happiness as a moment and hold on to it for as long as we can. As long as we can, I want to hold on to this happiness, and happiness comes in a moment. See, but joy is eternal. It's knowing that whether I have it or whether I don't have it, it is well with my soul. Whether everything around me is breaking out and going loose and I can't control, manipulate anything, I have joy. 
God didn't say in this life you will be happy every time. He says you're going to suffer. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be hard times. You think Jesus was happy when he was carrying the cross? You think he was like, this is great. No, it says in scripture, it was hard, it was heavy, it was brutal. But it says, but the joy set before him, he endured. The joy was set before him. He was probably like, this is heavy, I'm tired, I'm exhausted because he was 100% man. But the joy wouldn't let him stop because he says, no, when I die on this cross, this Holy Spirit comes back into man. So I'm going to endure it to the end, I'm going to see it all the way through. That was his joy. The angel says to her, you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. I could see Mary right now as a pregnant teenager and Joseph when God revealed to him that that's my child. I could see them walking around and her just like feeling feeling the jeers and the, and the ridicule and the shame and her just looking down at her stomach and saying, this is not a joy for me, this is a joy for everyone. Family, you got to understand that sometimes God will birth in you something that everyone will ridicule. That's good. Yeah. God's going to put something in you that everyone may ridicule. But the joy set before you, I mean, let's be honest. The reason why some of us haven't started the business God called us to start is because we are scared of the ridicule. We're scared of it. We're scared of the jeers. We're scared of the comments. But you got to know that if God put it in you, there's a joy with it. There's a joy with it. He says... You're to call him Jesus, Emmanuel. What a joy. Call him Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. That's why we can have joy is because we can call in the name of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, you are with us. He says he will be great and will be called son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Write this down. Joy is the anticipation of a future destiny in which Christ changes the world as he did the first time. Joy is the anticipation of a future destiny in which Christ changes the world as he did the first time. So we wait in joy with expectation and anticipation and saying, God, that when you came the first time, you're going to do it again. My joy is not built and predicated upon my circumstance. There is darkness everywhere around me, but the joy says see past it because he will make all things new. There's a joy in that. There's a joy in waiting for the eternal to change everything, to change the finite. I want to let you know the world as you see it 
will not always be as you see it. There will come a day when, when sorrow will not last. He's coming again. I pray that we don't wait until his coming again to have a relationship with you. He is here right now in this moment through the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, you're saying, I'm just waiting for his physical body to show up. I already got his spirit within me. It's joyful anticipation that there will no, more, no longer be political sides. That's joyful anticipation. There's joyful anticipation when sex trafficking will no longer exist. That's joyful anticipation. There's joyful anticipation when I will be out of a job. I won't have to preach anymore. You won't have to hear me shout at you anymore. There's joyful anticipation when hospitals won't, will cease to exist. When cancer cannot rob people of life, there's a joyful anticipation when um, heart disease and diabetes will no longer exist. That's joyful anticipation, that it will not have room, it will not have a space in the kingdom of God. There's joyful anticipation where divorce will no longer, there's joyful anticipation. Do I have a couple of saints who are joyful and are expecting of that day when those things won't exist anymore? When we don't have to depend on doctors, when no one will go hungry and everyone will have all that they need. There's joyful anticipation. My imagination is so finite, I can't even really fully comprehend what that means. None of us can. When kids don't have to go to bed starving anymore, there's a joyful anticipation. When my father comes back and all that is once dark is now lit up by the light of joy and lit up by the light of hope and lit up by the light of peace and his name is Jesus, there's a joyful anticipation in that. Because the angel tells her his kingdom will have no end. Why was that important? Because they're the, the people of Israel, they were waiting for a savior who would come and set them free and liberate them from Roman captivity. And the angel tells her, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. His kingdom will have no end. It'll set us free from sin. He'll wash away every sin. He'll wash away every imperfection. And he'll make you bright. And he'll make you the bride of Christ. I could only think about what it was like when Gabriel got back to heaven. I could see all the angels standing at the gate and they're like, how was that? And Gabriel's like, it's never gonna be the same. It's never gonna be the same. I could see all angels in heaven just waiting at the gate or watching from heaven and seeing angel and seeing their, their brother Gabriel deliver this message of joy. And I could only be that there was a little bit of heavenly jealousy like, man, I wish I could have delivered that. I wish I could have been the one. And here we are in 2022, full of the Holy Spirit, and we have the gospel in our mouths. And angels in heaven are like, I wish I could deliver what they deliver. We have all the prophets, all the judges in heaven, Elijah, Elijah. 
Samson, all these guys who are watching us from afar. And they're like, man, I wish I could get the Holy Spirit like they had it. They get it every single day. We had moments. They have it every single day. There's a joy in that. I'm going to read. I'm going to jump down. And the angel then tells her, like, your cousin Elizabeth is, is also pregnant. I love in verse 37, and I want you guys to underline this in your Bibles. This is an angel saying this. This angel, hang, angels hang out in the presence of God, which is awesome. We have the presence of God inside of us, which is greater. But this angel hangs out in the presence of God, and he goes, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And if he made that promise to Mary, uh, he can, that promise is made to us that no word, no promise will ever fail. He said it. It will never fail. And I, want, I wish Mary would be like, well, how do you know? He's like, I hang out in his presence. I've never seen his promise fail. I carry out his commands, and it, never do they fail. Never is there confusion. Never is there a trip up. I carry out his commands to the T, and it never fails. No word ever fails. People will fail you. Man will fail you. Businesses will fail you. Everything else will fail you. But I hang out in the presence of a God where his word never, ever, ever fails. Let's jump to verse 39. I'm going to close here. It says, at the time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. My last and final thing is, joy is contagious. It's contagious. It's contagious. Mary was filled with Jesus that when she said greetings, John was like, my Savior's in the other womb. Joy is so contagious that when Jesus enters the room, nothing can stay the same. Joy is so contagious that when you walk in the spirit and the presence of the Almighty, that joy that is a byproduct in you is contagious. That when you enter the room, that someone goes, oh, there's a different mood or energy about you. Baby, it's not energy. It's the Holy Spirit. Stop giving the universe credit to where my God is reigning. When joy enters the room, people notice. 
You ever hear the term that spirit begets spirit? I don't know if this has happened to any of you guys. It's happened to me a lot of times in my life. But there are times I walk into a room and I'll watch people and you see how they operate and you see how they talk to people. And by watching them, your spirit goes, that's one of mine. That's your brother in Christ. That's your sister in Christ. Anyone else that that happened to just happened to me? Okay. But there have been times where I entered the room and I saw someone's joy and I'm like, you love Jesus. You must love Jesus. There's no way you could be that full of joy and not love Jesus. It says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt. Joy is contagious. Joy is contagious. It begs a question. In a world that is so miserable, that there's so much evil going back and forth, how much greater is it for we as carriers of the Holy Spirit to make joy contagious in our workplace? What would it look like if we made joy contagious in our households? So, parents, family, grandparents, whatever, brothers, sisters, what would it look like if we were just joyful in our household that by the time people left the room or left the house, joy was implanted into them and they're like, man, that was, I just, I don't know what it is, but they just always have a good spirit about them. What would it look like if we send our kids off to school with joy? Go in peace, go in joy. Have a great day. The Holy Spirit will fill you up today. What would it look like if we walked into the office and instead of being like, oh, I barely got any sleep, give me coffee before you talk to me. If we were like, I've got joy this morning. I hope you have a joyful day. I hope you have a blessed day. I don't believe in Jesus. You don't need to believe in him to have a blessed day. I pray that his joy overwhelms in you. What would it look like if we carried joy? <laughs> Here's a wild one. If we carry joy to our enemies, what would it look like? What would it look like? The person who doesn't like us at our job, the person who doesn't like us in our family, the, purpose who, the person who doesn't like us in our community, if we said, you know what, I'm not gonna let you rob my joy, I'm happy and I'm thankful and I'm blessed and I know my circumstances are bad and I know you're hating on me, but guess what? I pray God's joy overwhelms you. Be blessed today. It would change the world. Joy is, a, joy, joy is contagious. What if we made joy more than a package? What if we made joy more than a circumstance? Joy is a gift from God delivered in the body of Jesus and imparted to us by his Holy Spirit. Are you willing to choose joy today? My prayer for each and every one of you is that the gift of joy be in your heart this Christmas season.
my prayer is that the gift of joy become contagious in your home, in your work, in your heart, and in your community. That when you arrive at whatever location you're headed to, they know you're coming with joy and you left it there. Do you guys receive that today? Could you stand with me? There are some of us in the room who have never experienced true joy. We've, we've searched for it. We've looked for it. There's some of us in the room who are still looking for true joy, and we look for it at the bottom of a bottle or with, an, with some type of high, or we've looked for it in some places, in some dark and arid places, and we've looked for it, and we thought that it would fulfill us. We looked for it in, 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 the, in the purchasing of, of materials. We looked for it there, and we've never found it because it's not a material thing. So with every eye closed and every head bow, if you can do this for me, just respect your neighbor, respect the person next to you who right now may be struggling to do the next thing I'm asking them to do. If you're in this room and you do not have Jesus and you're saying, Pastor, this joy that you're talking about, I have searched the entire world to look for it and I cannot find it. But if this man named Jesus, if he comes into my heart, you're telling me he'll give me joy that no matter the circumstance, I'm going to have joy in it? Yes. See, some of us believe that just because we have joy, we can't express grief and sorrow. No, joy means I can express grief and sorrow, but my posture of my heart is positioned towards joy. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and if you don't have joy in your heart, could you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I want to pray that this holiday season you experience the joy of Jesus Christ. I also want to pray for believers in the room, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not going to say that you don't have joy in you because if you have the Holy Spirit, you have joy in you, but it's been dormant. You haven't experienced the joy of the Holy Spirit in years and months. And you're saying, Pastor, could you just pray with me and partner with me that I experience this joy that you're talking about? That the Holy Spirit begin to overwhelm joy within me? Because I've, been, I've just been so miserable. I've been so angry. I've been filled with anxiety. I've been so stressed. And I know the joy is there. And at moments I get small glimpses of it, but it's hard to maintain. So could you just pray with me? That joy comes and it stays in my heart. If you could do that, raise your hand all over this room. I see you. I see you. I see you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, your sons and daughters are in this room. You've called them by name. Father, for those who have a relationship with you, Lord God, I pray that in the name of Jesus that you have joy overflowing and abundance in their life. 
Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the circumstances they go through do not determine the joy in their heart, Lord God, but they have the joy of Christ Jesus, that it's in the name of Jesus. Every knees bow and every tongue confesses that you are Lord. Father, for this Christmas season, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that they unwrap joy with their families, that they unwrap joy maybe by themselves, and that they unwrap joy around their coworkers and those who are far from you. Lord God, put them on display. Let joy fill their life. Lord God, I pray that we don't focus on our circumstances, that we don't focus on our situations, but we follow the model of Jesus who considered it all joy through his pain, through his suffering, and through his resurrection. Let joy overwhelm us this season. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.